You're listening to The People's Pitch, the official podcast of Minneapolis City Soccer Club, brought to you by footballstadiumprints.com. Let's start the show. And as I talked about just a couple minutes ago, as Joe Watt stands over this one, he appears to be the one taking the penalty here. Uh, this is a huge confidence booster if you're a Duluth. Worst Mr. case scenario for here City for right more. here. And it stopped! Yes. And it stopped! Totally Matt Elder! <laughs> Matt Elder redeeming himself! Oliver with the right foot. The shot is oh, Oliver! And Justin Oliver will break the scoreless tie. And it is 1-0 Minneapolis City. It's Hutton now on the offense with the left foot. And oh, the goal! goal! It is now 2-0 Minneapolis oh, yes. City. Good finish. Nick Hutton taking his quick victory lap. This is your home for uncomfortably late New Year's wishes. It is the People's Pitch Podcast. Hello and happy 2024. I am your host, Nate Morales. Joining me, as always, is Minnesota's walking, talking Petri dish. It's Minneapolis City co-founder, John Bizworm. John, you were finally able to crawl out of your sickbed and log in for the show. Glad to have you with us, despite your questionable health. How um how How, how has it been living life like you're in the wagon on the organ trail. <laughs> Dude, grueling pace, low rations, man. <laughs> Diet dysentery. Everyone no, I, is sick. But... I mean, COVID, COVID is, first off, it's real. It's not a hoax. Uh, I, I can, I can state that. Um, it's just suck, man. I've been, I, I, I was telling you before we recorded that I literally for like three straight days, like worked a couple hours and slept in the same room and there's a bathroom connected. So I was in a prison cell basically, um, <laughs> quarantining myself away from my family only to find out that it really didn't work and my wife got it. Um, so uh, yeah, but I've ha- I'm, 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 <laughs> I'm COVID negative. So I'm ready to, I'm ready to, to, to jump back in and, and with my, my youthful exuberance and talk about soccer. And we got a really great show tonight Tonight is all about the futures and what the club is is incubating out of uh, Winter Park over the winter. So we're going to talk a little bit of an update about futures format and hear from some of the young guys, from some of the returning futures players uh, that play on both the U21 team and then some new players from the U19 team that's brand new. And then we'll be joined by the man that will be at the helm this year for the U21 squad, newly minted. excuse me newly minted head coach josh roy will be joining us so super excited ready to go yeah this episode is testing positive for a great time so let's get to it two Uh, bars baby (laughs) one control and the test (laughs) one of the first orders of business in 2024 was the commencement of the winter futures league this year the team if you didn't, if you don't know, we talked about it a couple of weeks ago, but this year the team added another layer to that youth development apparatus. They've weaved a dedicated U19 futures team into the mix. And that means that city has like what a hundred guys aged 16 to 21 right now, participating in training every week, which is up from around 50 last year and the year before and that doesn't count the college age guys who are almost certain to be back in the UPSL mix this summer that are, you know, still in school or, you know, farther away account for the first team guys that are getting some minutes you know on the ball and some some former legends that are trying to come back yep and and hang on to 
I don't want to call them the glory days, but to 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 reignite the uh, the glory, the I guess you could say. Yeah, the love. Mm-hmm. Um, so we, yeah, I would say hundred is probably pretty pretty accurate. And then some former pros that are just hopping in in between contracts and training camps, and, <laughs> dude. And and what's next? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, yeah, about a hundred. What uh, what is that? I mean. From your perspective, John, what does that mean to the program to like expand the number of players that are exposed to the city environment? And and not only that, but like they are showing up and like Luke Hawkinson is there. And or like <laughs> you know what I mean? Or like Eli Goldman is there. Like what is that? What's how crazy is that? What is how cool is that for the program? Well, we're gonna we're gonna I'm sure we're gonna get probably some similar answers out of our, our guest uh in a little bit here in in Futures coach Josh Roy, but um, two parts to to my answer. The first part, like when when you're like 16 to 20 years old, and you roll up to your training, and all of a sudden there's like a guy who probably should have been an MLS traffic, but for some reason wasn't, and um, and some but he was a a, a distinguished uh, student athlete at the Division One level at a very good program. And then a, a, a professional trying to figure out what his contract looks like and is just in town for, for a, a break uh, to see family. Um, and then all of a sudden you're like, uh, you know, I'm receiving passes, I'm making passes too, or I'm, I'm stopping this person's shots. It, it makes it really cool. Cause it's like, it, it, it just shows the depths and the, and the tentacles of the Minneapolis city family. Right. Yeah. You know, like you, I don't believe you're going to, to, you know, Sioux Falls Thunder tryouts or training and, and, and anyone from a Sioux Falls Thunder team from let alone last year, but like, you know, four or five years ago comes back and is like, this is where I can, I can sharpen my skills. Yeah. Right. So I think that's super cool. And it just, and that's something that's never going to go away. It's only going to get, it's only going to get stronger with, with players going back in um, into the fold, knowing that this is a safe environment that's high level that I can get touches in, um, which is great. So that's the first part of my answer to your question. The second part is like, like what what is the 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 environment for the players look like? And when I mean players, I mean the actual players, not the uh, not not the um, the the red carpet guys that that uh, that come in whenever they're they're able to. But for me, the importance is building the foundation for the future. And obviously, no pun intended there. If if we can start to get this volume of talented players under the umbrella this early, the natural order of operations really does indicate that they grow, they filter down off on their own soccer journey either with us or away from us. And and we'll have these players that are not only ready talent-wise for the first team, but they'll be fully bought into the brotherhood and the, and the club way of operating. And that's so big because what have we talked about it was our differentiator on the field for years. Yeah. It was our core, our brotherhood, our players that have played it, played with each other, played are familiar from playing against each other. They're all in. And that just that that mindset of having all all of these players in for now, you know, not just one to three years, but having them in one to three years before they get there, and then they're there for three years, maybe four. Um, that's huge. That means that they've been with Minneapolis City almost as long as they were their youth clubs, mm-hmm. and and we and and we're helping them with that next step. 
and we're only seeing them get better. Um, I think it's fantastic. Both of the squads, the U19s and the U21s, train <laughs> on Friday night. So I was able to pop in and snag a few players at each level. So first I talked to some some U19s about their early experiences with Futures and what they're looking forward to. The People's Pitch Podcast. I'm here with three members of the brand new U19 Minneapolis City Futures squad. What's up, guys? Come on in and introduce yourselves real quick. I'm Olin Francois. I'm Eddie Puglisi. I'm Kyle All right, tell us a little bit about uh, where you play right now and what year you are. Eddie, you're the oldest. You start. Uh, I play at Woodbury High School, or I used to anyways. I know. I'm a goalie. And, uh, yeah. And where else? Oh, I play at MTA. All right. Kai? I play at Joy and at Edison. Edison. Olin? Uh, Woodbury High School and MTA. All right. So why did you guys try out for Futures? Because my mom paid for it. <laughs> it was your mom's idea? Yep. All right. That's, a, that's, an, all right, that's an all right reason. Olin? Uh, just for more training opportunities. Yeah, field time. Play time. Field time. All right, all right. Um, what are you guys hoping to get out of this environment? as high school seniors, high school juniors in the wintertime. Let's start, Kai. Um, just improve my game. All right, that's it. That's it? Yeah. You're eloquent. All right, yeah. Eddie, what are you hoping to get out of this? Knowing that you are hoping you're graduating and you're gonna be in college next year, uh, what's this mean for development, hopefully? A uh, better understanding of the game where I know what to do in certain situations rather than just boot the ball. That's cool. Owen, what are you hoping to get out of all this? I mean, obviously, develop, get better uh, technically and tactically, and then also create some connections, hopefully. Yeah, networking. All right. This is the first week of U19 training. How did this environment feel? Is it different than other training environments you've been in? Uh, I'm going to say it's definitely been very different because everyone's there. Everyone's just playing together. It's not really a set team, it's just a whole bunch of people playing organized pickup soccer. Olin, a little more intense than you're used to or no? No, I think it's similar intensity to my MTA practices, but it's kind of a similar vibe to like joy of the people, except it's just more organized. That was going to be my question for you, yeah. Kai. Not quite the JOTP environment of everyone no. just kind of showing up and, uh, and having a good time, a little more organized than you're used to or a little <coughs> more intense. How was it? Good. Good, uh, good intensity. Feel like you, but you uh, adapted well. Yeah, I agree with Eddie. It's like a lot of different background clubs, a lot of different people playing together. So yeah, I'm, have you guys ever played an environment like this where you're playing with guys from like guys you played against at Stillwater, or guys you might have played against when you were at Edison in the uh, in the, like the All Star game or anything like that? No, never, never. Yeah, no. All right, I got one more question for you guys. 2017, <laughs> you guys walk out onto the field with the Minneapolis City players oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. at Edor Nelson Field. Yeah. You guys are, I guess you guys are all the same age. You're that first generation that kind of had the opportunity to grow up knowing about Minneapolis City. Um, how weird is it to be here at a Minneapolis City practice? How do you feel about it? Kai? I don't think it's weird. I think it's fun. I think it's like a cool, cool aspect. Yeah. Owen. Yeah, I think it's a cool opportunity to almost be in the next generation and kind of like have an opportunity to maybe in the next 
two or so years actually get on that team. Eddie, your mom signed you up for practice, but did you for the trial? But did you know about Minneapolis City? Were you uh, had we followed them at all? I didn't really follow Minneapolis City. I was more last year. I was with uh, Saint Croix Legends because I was on their boo. Exactly boo. Exactly <laughs> boo. Um, I was with their um, just training with them every once in a while because I got pulled up because I was one of the I was uh, the oldest goalie there. They were like, you know what? Just just pull them up. Um, that's the kind of roster building we expect. No, no, it's it's very disorganized over there. That's all I'm going to say. But then coming over here, it's a whole different thing. Like I prefer to be here at Minneapolis City because it's more organized. The coaches are a lot more friendly. They're much more into the game than better looking. Oh, for sure, especially Matt. Especially <laughs> Matt. Matt's the best looking one. <laughs> all right, awesome. Well, thanks, boys. We'll catch y'all uh, in the future. Excited to see where uh, where you land as as far as the teams go, and uh, appreciate appreciate your time. Thank you. Uh, yeah, thank you. Then I got a chance to talk to returning futures players at the U twenty one session, and as you might imagine, they have a more developed view of what it's like to participate and what it means for them in in, in their development. And I think that you know that that was awesome to hear. So let's let's listen to that. All right, what is up? I am here with three members of the Minneapolis City Futures. The U21 squad uh, are in the house this time, even though we've got a couple of younger guys, uh, definitely definitely younger than 21, but that's all right. Um, why don't we go around, have you guys introduce yourselves, and then I'll, we'll just get into some questions. I'm Elijah Fearing. Elijah, where do you, oh yeah, introduce yourself, talk about where you play. High school and club or college and, and club if you play. So for high school, I play for the Woodbury Varsity team. And for club, I play for the MTA 07 ECNL team. All right. I'm Hudson Benitez. I play at Minnetonka High School. And I play on the same team as Elijah. I play for the MTA 07 ECNL team. My name is Dylan Ehlers. I am, uh, went to Holy Family Catholic High School. I'm now at Gustavus. Um, and then Minneapolis City is my club. Nice. Thank you. Uh, you guys are all returning players. You were all in the Futures program last year in, in, its, in its iteration. Um, so I'm going to go around and talk. I think I want to get your perspective on guys, as guys that have been through this already. Now you're back for a second year, maybe a, maybe a third year. I don't know, Dylan, if you were, if you were around early. Second year? All right. Um, so we'll start with you, Dylan. You, as a college student, um, you told me last week that you're back at Gustavus. You take the bus up here on Fridays for futures, you spend the night at your parents' house, you bust back down on Saturday. Why? Um, yeah, it's, it can be quite the haul. Um, it's, a, it's a lot of work, you know, about an hour, hour 15 from Gustavus up to, up to Shakopee, and my parents are, um, I'm blessed to have parents that are super uh, um, proud of me and um, able to help out, so they're um, very supportive. So they're able to pick me up, bring me to my house, I then drive from my house, uh, my car that me and my brother share to here, and then I'll drive back, sleep at my house, which is super nice. And then um, in the morning, one of my parents will drive me back to the Shockey bus station, take the bus back down. I'll be back at Gustavus about around one. And um, I would just say the main reason I do it is, um, you know, at Gustavus, you know, we're you know we're really really good program. Um, we're we're fighting hard, and I think every single one of these training sessions means a lot. Um, and then as well as Minneapolis City, it's it's been night and day for me. It's been such a such a huge difference in my in my life, especially soccer-wise, um, and all the you know all the friends I've made. But uh, you know, you know, growing up, um, not having you know this this sort of uh, a, a program like this, and then in the past couple of years at 
um, kind of starting up. It's been absolutely amazing, and um, it's just it, it's definitely what I need to uh, to to stay in form and hopefully um, uh, help my team uh, both here and then back back at Gustavus. Yeah, let's let's talk about that real quick because you're you're growing uh, you're growing up. You're competing for a starting role now. You're going to be in, you're going to start your junior year next year, right? Um, definitely, name's got to be in the mix. Uh, you kind of hinted at it. What kind of an edge do you think it's going to give you participating in Minneapolis City Futures, both this winter program and hopefully into the summer once uh, once we hit the UPSL season? Ah, uh, yeah. Um, you know what, Coach Tudor Flintham has has going on there is a, a really special. Um, we're uh, I know we're really proud of it, and um, I think I think we're all really buying in, um, and and have been been uh, bought in for the last couple of years, and even buying in more every single day. Um, but I think uh, edge wise, you know, training with guys who um, both both younger, like Elijah, um, and like Huddy, and uh, just getting um, uh, constant, um, you know, you know, pressure from these kids. Uh, growing up, it's it's an un unbelievable uh, competition level. Um, but yeah, uh, back to back to Gustavus. Um, you know, we're we're really buying in. Um, seeing what you know, St. Olaf did this year, I think it just uh, kind of solidified solidified the fact that you know we have a chance. Um, we we have a good chance to uh, to make a run and win a national uh, title in the, in the next um, in the next years. Um, while I'm there, I think that's that's a goal and that's an absolute dream of mine that I think uh, all of us have. So I think just uh, staying in shape and this competition levels, you know, um, unbelievable. I think the best in Minnesota, in my opinion, one of the best in the Midwest. Absolutely. Um, so, so yeah. All right, Hudson, Elijah, uh, you guys are on the younger side for for the U21 squad, both still in high school, but still but returning players, uh, which is itself an accomplishment. Talk about how participating in this environment has helped you, to participate in the environment last year, helped you in your high school season and uh, and in your in your club seasons as well at MTA. Um, I would say overall just speed of play, and it really humbled me coming here because I like I came from like just dribbling a ton, being not cocky but just a little selfish on the ball, and then I come here and you know people are just moving the ball so quick, and it, it really helped me like see the field more. Hudson, yeah, I think I think something that was like really different is like the physicality, um, and putting yourself, like, the positioning and, like, tactics is way more important here because you're not, you know, for me and Elijah, like, we're way younger and we're not going to be able to beat people by speed or, and then they're not going to make many mistakes. Um, so you're not, not, not a lot of mistakes to capitalize off of. Uh, but, you know, being, it, it's really helped me develop myself tactically and, you know, where can I find the pockets of space where I can get on the ball, ball most easily, you know, like, turn and find a really good option without having to, you know, make a contest or a foot race or something like that, especially in the high school, high school season where there's a lot of physicality and not a whole lot of, you know, tactics behind the game um, has really helped me kind of exploit kind of the the exploit spaces where you know I wouldn't have seen that before both you guys are used to being the guy on your team or at least one of the one of the guys on your high school team what's that like coming into this environment when you're surrounded by you know you maybe would run into a player like each other once a week right in your high school season or you know in in, in your in your academy season What's it like now? You guys are running into fifty players like yourselves at your level every week. Yeah, I think for me, it's uh, it really like I, I really enjoy it. Uh, I, I think it's you know the game's more fun when you're not one of the better players. Uh, I mean, there's so much to learn. Uh, you know, you always want to surround yourself with people. I mean, just in general, you want to surround yourself with people who are smarter than yourself. 
um, and, and more intelligent than yourself, like this, stuff like that. But same for soccer. Uh, you want to surround yourself with players who are better than you uh, because that's really the only way to get better. And I think being surrounded by people who are more physical and, 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 and know more about the game and have played more has been you know, super, super good for, for me. I've been able to play against them and kind of get that first-hand experience where you, know, you can only watch so many clips, but when, when you actually play the game, it's a lot different uh, and you build that muscle memory. Yeah, I mean, I agree. Like, you just learn from better players and, you know, just go, like I said, being, like, humbled. And you can just always set that goal high. Just, like, when you're average, just look to be above average. You know? So it's, it's good to come here and just, like, fit in, but, like, not stand out, but always strive to, like, step above. Yeah. Dylan, quick question for you. Uh, you know, last couple of weeks we've had, just looking at the U21 pool, we've had some guest players, and I think you will have some guest players throughout the spring. You're going up against a guy that played Division I so soccer and is graduating at, from University of New Hampshire. I saw him out there this week. You got Aaron Olson, who's a city legend, and just came back from um, the Pan Am Games. You know, earlier this month I saw who else was out there, Bernard. Right, another D1 player. You had Will Kidd last year, another another Minneapolis City legend. What is that like as a goalkeeper in your development to face top players like that and really players from from all different you know all different schools and and developmental levels? Um, yeah, it's crazy. So like watching uh, these guys um, for the past couple of years, you know, I always go back and watch some some uh, city games from uh, way back when and. Uh, um, so watching those and, you know, seeing guys like A.O., uh, Scotty, and, um, you know, all those guys, it's it's super fun to watch. Um, and then also uh, to see Eli um, and then, like, on ESPN Plus and then to finally, like, play against him today and, like, he's shooting at me. It's uh, it's it's quite surreal, but um, I was lucky enough to go to the USL 2 camp uh, over Thanksgiving, and um, it was just unbelievable, the the level there. It's uh, it's it's the coolest thing ever. It's uh, Like I said before, it's just like a dream almost. Um, Some of the players that made there. an appearance at the USL 2 camp, is even, <laughs> yeah. it's even crazier to think, like, that's an MLS player. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's 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 been unbelievable. Um, the past, uh, you know, what uh, what Minneapolis City has done for me over the past couple of years has been amazing, and um, just continuing to, to keep up with it has been uh, so much fun, but it's uh, – it's definitely something different. It's um, it's like you're almost playing like a video game, and um, you know, I'll go home at night and just be like, "What the heck just happened?" Um, but I think it's all about the preparation and uh, getting ready for the next level. Um, you know, whatever that might be, um, whether that be uh, at um, you know, at Gustavus, um, whether that be at Minneapolis City. Um, you know, I got two more years left at Gustavus. I absolutely, absolutely love it there. Um, and uh, um, you know, whether whether it be for that or just uh, more like a club side of it. Um, it's just the preparation-wise, it's it's amazing, and those guys are uh, super awesome, and it's just unbelievable to talk to them, and um, it's just uh, an absolute blessing to be able to play against them. Uh, it's it's super special. One more question for uh, for you guys. Obviously, you can hear Dylan is all in on Minneapolis <laughs> on Minneapolis City. Uh, and so, I don't know Hudson from you from Minnetonka, Elijah from the other side of town, Woodbury, Minneapolis City is definitely. Uh, more of a traditionally more of a western suburbs kind of place but what do you what do you tell your friends or what do you tell people about when you talk about Minneapolis City is that something that even comes up do people ask about it um, and what's that what's that mean to you to, to kind of be in on this on this at the ground floor developmental at the developmental level yeah so a lot of the kids from my team try to for the Minneapolis City uh, they're on the U19 team right like yeah like Olin uh, Karsten uh, who else? Ike, Ethan. Ike, Ethan. Um, 
And so, like, they, be, they were asking me about, like, well, should I do this? Is this training good? And I just told them, I was like, the training is, is probably some, not something you're going to find in other places. Uh, I think, you know, at MTA, it's more about building a team uh, and building, like, your skills as individual players so we can go and do something bigger, uh, like go to nationals and, and, and make a run and, and do well there and show ourselves to college coaches and all of that. Uh, but at City, it's really just about individual development and not even like the focus on you individually, but it's it's more like, you know, you're thrown kind of into the deep end and then you, you got to work your way up. Uh, you gotta, you kind of got to tread water, especially for like when I was first like at City and like you were, it's like, it's a, it was a big change, especially because like, I don't know if you were, I was a sophomore. You were a sophomore? Yeah. yeah. Like it was like a big, it was like a big change. And That's like, huge when you consider you got like Tomas Mena, who is a sophomore junior in college that's you know lining up on the other side of you yeah. every week yeah, stuff like that it's it's definitely i don't know some people think about it more some people think about it less i personally choose not like i don't i don't think about kind of like my opponent i kind of just think about like well, well, what can i do um, and see how that like see what i do works what doesn't work so i can always be better um, i don't really try to think about the other people but you know when you take a step back and think about it you're like yeah, that's really cool like i get to play against these players and i have the privilege like seeing Eli Goldman like today like that was pretty cool and like I don't know. I don't really usually get like, like, oh man, like this guy's so good. Like I like talk out him, but like it was pretty cool for him to play me. Like that really nice ball over the top. It's cool for him to like, for someone to like that to play me a pass. It's kind of cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, yeah, I would recommend it to anyone because it's just like you're just like you said individually just developing. You're going from all this like team play, and then you got to show like what you can do personally, and then you got to adapt and. Yeah, you just you get to see what the next level is like, and then like from there, like you keep improving, and then you just keep going forward. That's cool. Thanks, guys, for for talking to me. It's wild for a guy like me who's been around the club since the beginning to see like year one we had maybe two or three players that were 17, 18 years old that were that were in on that first PLA team, and now there's like hundreds of of of, of kids that that were that are kind of in the Minneapolis City nest. Uh, developing, so it's it's great to hear your thoughts on that. You guys are definitely also much less squirrely than the U19s. This is a much better interview, so thank you. All right, we got Elijah Fearing, Hudson Benitez, Dylan Ellers. Thanks a lot, guys. Appreciate it. Thank, thank you. you, John. Just based on some of those conversations, I, I I got a quick question for you, and we'll say like guys like Olin or Kai aside, are you finding this to be the first introduction to Minneapolis City for a lot of young guys? Like you heard it from Hudson and Elijah. Lots of guys from all across the suburbs were asking them if this is a thing they should look at. I, I was kind of surprised. Like personally, I'm always a little flabbergasted when when young guys and their parents who are like so into club soccer and like you just stand out on the sideline next to their dads and they're just like blabbing on about all of the young talent that they know and all this bullshit. And they've never heard of Minneapolis City. Right. So, yeah. <laughs> that I mean, blows my mind. <laughs> um. It, it is a little bit interesting that that we're going on to year eight and and people haven't heard of us, um, particularly people that are now trying to introduce themselves to us. Like I'll go to like my my kids like U five four on four where I help out and I'll have like a mini my Minneapolis City jacket on in the dome and people will come up to me and ask me like oh are you with the Minneapolis City and I'll say you know yes I am. And they're like, oh, yeah, we went to a game or my, uh, my son's teammate on whatever team played last summer and, and, and we hear great things. Like, 
like I get more of that mm-hmm. than I um than I do of like people who are like I've never heard of you guys before. Um, when it when you're around soccer circles, so it was it was interesting to know like you know one kid's like I only came here because my mom signed me up. <laughs> like first off, we'll work on the uh, we'll work on the interview uh, answering um, with him. <laughs> <laughs> or he'll never be interviewed again. Um, but uh, no, just joking. Um, but yeah, it, it's it is interesting. Um, but for me, if I, if I have to like provide a POV on or, or point of view for the layperson mm-hmm. of what I heard in the in those in those interviews, the main point that I loved is that these guys hammered home in more than one of them said that they they got or will get better. <clears throat> excuse me, as players from being put in the deep end. So when you go from being a guy to having to fight as um, or being, being the guy and then going to another guy having to fight as an individual to belong, you have to transform your game. Like you can still rely, <coughs> excuse me, and, and, and call back to your strengths and, and, and try to, to, um, mask your weak points i won't even call it weaknesses but your your areas of deficiency you can you can hide that but you you truly need to find your spot in that mix and then ultimately blossom into what you can do with that opportunity and it's so great that these players are getting that um that transformation transform transformation of your game at 17 18 19 is so big and especially in our country because in other countries that's when you're signing your first professional contract and with more youth players in our country having opportunity at higher levels this is essentially their european or south central american mexican version uh african version of signing their first professional contract in, in my opinion and and it's excuse me you got that covid cough still Oof. so this is the first step of many for all of them where they will have to prove they belong before they can excel and it's so fantastic that they're getting it at this age and they're getting it here in minnesota in a dome in the winter you know when it's you know negative outside yeah. where a lot of players don't get that opportunity i just wish it could actually be earlier like 15 16 and then they're getting their first taste. But we need to prevent the U19 model first yeah. before we get into anything younger as a club. But wouldn't it be great, Nate, if 16 or under 16 was the first opportunity players had with Minneapolis City? Yeah, and I think that you know that would not only be excellent for their development, but I think at that level, at that age, it, it would go a long way to also fulfilling the goal, one of the original goals of futures is like, how do you diversify the talent pool here in, in Minneapolis? How do you elevate some, uh, someone from, how do you elevate more, more players? Like, you know, whether it's immigrant communities or like, mm-hmm. you know, smaller programs that, you know, attract players that might not have the most money. So I think that like at 15, 16, there's a lot more parity there where you can get, you might be able to find a, an Oromo kid, or, or something that is just like gonna blow the roof off. But then because they can't be at a club week in and week out over the next two years, they disappear. Or, they, 
or they're they're so comfortable in their in in the trained mindset from uh, a, a club that they've come from or they've been so trained as like you are a center back and or you are a striker or a center midfielder that it, it, it takes prying them from that to put them in an environment like ours yeah. to then say like I don't give a shit where you came from or what they told you here your skill sets dictate that you are more diverse than what you were pigeonholed into and that's what that that to me is where the downside of us soccer is um at the youth level <clears throat> and man it would be so great to be able to 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 continue the melting pot of of talent and diversity that we have that like filter it down younger it'll only make it'll only continue our mission of making soccer here in the state of minnesota much better yeah well said we are excited to keep the futures train a rolling with one of the newest additions to the murder. We've had some changes within the club the past couple seasons from moving the NPSL team to the USL two, our longtime coach moving to the soccer front office. We have a new president and most recently the movement of our futures architect, Jeremiah Johnson to director of soccer. With that last change comes the need to replace him on the touchline, and we are pleased to welcome to the show the, the new member of the Futures coaching staff, the U21 UPSL head coach, Josh Roy. Josh, welcome to hopefully the first of many appearances on our, uh, on our podcast here. Yeah, right on, John. I appreciate that. Uh, hello, everyone out there in the uh, Spotify podcast world. Uh, it's a pleasure to be here, and, and uh, thanks for the invite. Yeah, no, no problem. So you were just on a trip across the pond, which I assume from the receipts was a scouting trip. <laughs> how did that, how did that go? And did you find us like a 20 goal scorer while you were across the pond? Yeah. If you, uh, uh, rubber stamp those reimbursement charges, you'll find out, uh, just how many goals I can bring back <laughs> from across the pond. But yeah, my, uh, <laughs> my wife and I were able to get away for a week to do a little vacation and we caught, uh, Manchester United versus Spurs at Old Trafford, which is a bucket list item for me being a, a wow. United fan. Nice. And uh, it was just fantastic being over there and like match day was super cool being in a pub near the stadium and then like walking to the stadium amongst a sea of people that were all in red. United put in a performance that was about expected, but you know, in this day and age, a, a 2 2 draw against the top six team over the course of the last three seasons is actually sort of okay for United. Uh, so it was great. It was a, it was a good well, trip, and I'm happy to be back. Well, if you tell me that Anthony is uh, is the 20-goal scorer, um, I'm not reimbursing those receipts. <laughs> no, it was, uh, it was some guy in the park just around the corner from the hotel. They had some game. <laughs> so we ask all our first-time guests this question, but tell us about you. You know, what, What's your personal soccer journey? how you got started in the game and, and, and how it followed after that. Yeah. Um, yeah. My soccer journey is probably similar to a lot of people who've ended up in the coaching profession. Um, you know, I grew up playing soccer. I, I'm from Mankato, Minnesota. So small town, small club, uh, got as much training as I could growing up, played at Gustavus for two years and then worked in as a student assistant coach for a couple of years. And then, as I got up to the cities post-graduation, I started coaching youth soccer, Eden Prairie Soccer Club, Adina Soccer Club, Corver Coaching, ODP, Dragon Soccer, Holy Angel 
Angels Boys, Eden Prairie Girls, et cetera, et cetera. You, you name it, I, I had the gear at one point or another. Um, and I did that for about eight to 10 years um, while working at Soccer Express, which is a, <laughs> yeah. a, a, a blast from the past, I guess. Um, and then in 2014, I jumped into the college coaching ranks um, after doing youth soccer for, for a bit of time. Uh, so I went back down to Gustavus, worked there for three seasons, and then had the opportunity to move to McAllister College as the assistant coach there, and was there for six full seasons uh, before transitioning to a different career path, professional journey, and that's opened me up for the opportunity to be here with Minneapolis City. So correct me if I'm wrong, but the Eric Nordquist was on your high school soccer team. Was that correct? That is a hundred percent correct. Uh, <laughs> a... I, I did remember. I did remember right. Okay, good. Yeah. I was so... like, I'm gonna throw this out there, and I think it. You know, maybe I dreamt it, but I'm glad it's true. No, Nordy. Nordy was a. He is a good dude, a really good keeper, and I think <laughs> there's a, a Chinese buffet in Mankato that we visited during two days that still probably. Um, is trying to recover from the amount of food that we all ate. Man, I can't I can't imagine Nordo out there after a buffet's worth of orange chicken just having to stand in one place. Well, I mean, maybe if the stars align, we can recreate it for like a Legends game. Uh, I'm, uh, yeah, I'm gonna write that down. Um, I, I have so many questions to ask both of you about your playing time, but we'll 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 do that another day. Um, so it's, uh, I, you know, I've been documented to be more unusual than some connected to the club or the show um, but i i was one that had already known about who you are and your body of work at McAllister, um and and your name had kind of been tossed around when openings on the minneapolis city staff did come up in the past but now you're here and what what did you know about minneapolis city before coming and and how did you ultimately find us irresistible and and join on yeah, I, I mean, I think I followed it from the start. Um, I was a little bit from the distance, but uh, again, going back to the Soccer Express days, I used to work with Matt Elder, like way <laughs> back when he was a high school get, kid and I was probably just out of college. And uh, I remember like going to a game at South High School in, you know, Minneapolis. Oh, and, the barnyard, yeah. Uh, probably smuggling in a couple things in my pockets. Um, that got past the ticket checkers. And um, I think there's just a community aspect of, of the club that's really refreshing in the modern, like run of what youth soccer is and what soccer is in America. It's, it's neat that there's this connection point between fans and players and staff and the club stands for more than just soccer on the field. It stands for something that's, intangible and something that's relationship-based and i think that's really exciting and it's it's something that is part of like what true grassroots soccer really looks like on the world mm -hmm. scale and if we can do it here in in minneapolis maybe other places in america can do it too and ultimately the game will grow yeah that is a much better answer to how did you get involved? Then my mom signed me up. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know if my mom knows how to work a computer. So we're good on that front. Well, Josh, it's it's great to meet you, and and you know, welcome to the most prestigious podcast about Minneapolis City in the world. Uh, 
as John and I mentioned just, you know, a moment ago in the course of discussion before you joined the call, the, the team this year decided to add that U19 level to the futures ecosystem. And that has obviously, um, you know, shifted the UPSL team that you're taking over. How does that addition uh, and the addition, you know, meet and also that means the addition of another, another team competing in the UPSL benefit that U21 team? as well as the full playing side of the organization? I think there's a few different ways that it's, it's going to benefit the overall structure of the club and, and ultimately really benefit the soccer players in Minneapolis and St. Paul, the Twin Cities Metro, and really the great state of Minnesota. Um, you know, there's because there's now two teams, um, during the winter we have nearly 100 guys that are in on, on training days between the two groups, 50 and 50. Um, so that opens up more opportunities for players to play and compete and get exposed to a different level, get exposed to different coaching, get exposed to different perspectives and teammates and challenges. And then as it transitions into the summer, the, the truly competitive season, uh, we're going to have about 60 ish spots between the two squads. And it's going to allow players to like really showcase their talent against other quality players. And when you really think about, what the club does for the overall soccer scene in the Twin Cities and in Minnesota, it, it fills in it fills this gap and helps create this transition platform for players to move from the youth soccer into the next stage of like adult soccer. Whether that looks like college soccer for some, pre-professional soccer for others, or it's something in between, it building out this U19 level really creates that pathway. So we're now going to be able to see players come through the U19s for a couple of years into the U21s, into the first mm -hmm. team. And that, that pathway is going to be really bona fide. And there's going to be a lot of stories of players that rise up through the ranks over the course of time. And at the, yeah, it makes it a little more seamless. Yeah, it makes it more seamless. There's a lot of concept in, um, work that's done in on the training field that, players will be able to pick up and then as they move up to different levels or get an opportunity because of an injury, they're going to be able to hit the ground running a little bit quicker versus going into a completely foreign setup or a completely foreign tactical system or a completely foreign um, conceptual system. Um, or, co or coaching staff. Or coaching yeah. staff, yeah. Um, and then I think the other thing that's, that's really beneficial too, I mean, iron sharpens iron. So the fact that we have more players in the pool, more players playing and more players competing, the best players are going to continue to. And it's just going to be a really beneficial development opportunity for players to really challenge themselves and push out of their comfort zone and grow as a result. Yeah. I think what you just said gets at a little bit at what I'm, what am I asked next, but I'm wondering if you can talk a little bit about how the existence of this new U19 opportunity could benefit the players that might have had to wait a couple more years to participate, you know, in years past. When you think back on our U23 team, the original like Minneapolis city two, you know, and, and kind of how it, how it has existed in the past couple of years for the UPSL, there are so many more, kids now that are 16 17 18 years old that have an opportunity to as you say you know jump in there and iron iron sharpens iron and i guess my question is in their more day-to-day -day environment 
you know, outside of Minneapolis city as a supplemental training opportunity, how is this going to, how is this going to benefit them? Some of these answers might seem really obvious, but I think I have, I have a hunch is more under the, under the surface when, when viewed from a perspective like your own of a, of a college level coach and someone who's been coaching for so long. Yeah. I mean, I always think back to like my, my youth soccer days and, and when I was growing up and this might age me a little bit, but like we played in dual band age system. So like there's a two year cycle where like one year coming in as like the young guy for the U16 team. And then the next year you're the older part of the U16 team and like the rosters sort of turned over um, on a two year cycle. So it allowed a younger player to come in and see what more experienced or older players were doing. Mm-hmm. And you learn by playing against players who are a little bit more advanced, whether that was six months more advanced, eight months more advanced, 12 months more advanced based on birth date or, or sort of experience. But this opportunity with the U19s being in place allows for these younger guys to come in and see what a college sophomore or college junior has been doing and it they can learn through like that that process of just being like okay you've been at a different level you've seen something different you've gotten out of like this particular soccer scene and you've picked up different skills different traits different decision making moments how can i learn from that so i think that's going to be really beneficial to some of these players Mm -hmm. um just seeing like how guys approach it i just even think of something really basic of like dynamic warm-up and activation activities, the way that a 20-year-old might approach that who's been through two seasons of college soccer and maybe has like an NCAA appearance or two and how they approach that might be different than how a 17-year-old approaches it. And maybe that 17-year-old picks something up Yeah. of like, this is how I prepare my body for the next one hour of training and like I need to dial in versus... I'm 17 and I'm Gumby and I can just like move and do whatever. And like, I'm going to be able to keep the ball perfectly fine in 10 minutes. Yeah. Um, I think the other component too of, and I hope this is something I, you know, still being pretty new to the club. I hope this is something that, that comes to fruition is just those casual conversations of guys talking on the sidelines and, and talking before training, talking after training. This is what my college search process looked like. This is what, my soccer experiences look like this is a lesson that i've learned about how to train or how to deal with nutrition or how to deal with sports psychology and and hopefully some of these older guys can share the wisdom to the younger guys um to help give them a step up and then you know ultimately those younger guys might be able to bring it back to their other teammates in their other playing environments and again high tides rise all boats yeah what about attitude wise? I mean, do you get do you see a lot of kids who kind of come into this U19 environment like thinking that they're pretty much pretty much the shit. They've been the best player on their team oh, and you know <laughs> in like you know <laughs> whatever. I mean, best player on their team at Keelix or whatever and now they now it's like, "Oh, snap. I am middle of the road here." I mean, yeah, players always have, you know, good players have an ego. There's that that comes with the territory a little bit. You know, even coaching staff, you look at Biz, he turns up for a U19 session and thinks that he's Billy Big Time when he comes into the dome. <laughs> yeah, he wears, and, I, uh, he, put, he put cleats on a couple of weeks ago. He's like, this is how you coach. 
Yeah, the, you know they were right. they weren't new cleats. I didn't see him put the mink oil on. So no, he put the was. old like I'd never seen. I think I saw like yeah, I was wearing like a pair. Of, in a I was wearing a pair of Pele. PBS special. I think there was a Ken Burns documentary about those cleats. <laughs> yeah. Biz, I heard you reference Pele's. I have they were. a Pele brand rain jacket that is the best rain jacket that I've ever owned in my entire life. I still yes. have it in my closet and I wear it every single time it rains. It is foolproof. I have uh, two pairs so, of Pele brand soccer cleats, and they are both the best, probably the best made soccer shoes I've ever had. And I have a lot of soccer shoes, <laughs> and 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 everyone looks at me weird, and I'm like, they killed off the best soccer brand ever. Really, they did. Biz, biz it wasn't the cleats, man. It's not the cleats. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Uh, no, I, I I think attitude and mindset. It's it's a unique thing. I mean, every player comes into their soccer environment in a different fashion some players are a little bit more forthright like chest out let's do this let's take on the challenge head on and i'm going to be a little bit brash about it other players are a little bit more tentative they want to like get the lay of the land first before they start showing their personality and start um you know sort of putting themselves out there so mm -hmm. it's it's a mix um but i do think that when there's going to be interaction between the U19s and U21s, I think there's probably some ample opportunity for a little bit of friction to happen. And I think that can be a good thing uh, mm -hmm. as long as it's contained and controlled and there's context that goes into it. And then a little bit of follow-up afterwards to make sure things are good. Sure. How, um, I, I guess Mike, I want to dig into kind of some, some of your own, some questions about your own philosophy around development. Personally, what do you think, this is a loaded question, of course. What is your biggest issue with how soccer development works in the United States, and how do you hope how do you hope to address that coming into the futures program as a coach, both week in and week out, and over the summer season? And then, you know, on a positive note, we can get into this later, I guess. But you know, we will we will take the other side of the coin uh, after that to you know keep it positive in the end. Yeah, I think. Uh... Boy, that's a tough question. It's a lot. There's a lot to unpack there. Um, I think soccer development is, it's a really funky thing in America because there's, there's a lot of different mouths to feed. There's a lot of people who engage in soccer for a lot of different reasons. Um, where in some other countries, soccer is like the one thing that people do. And that's the thing that they chase after where in America, and sometimes it's just another thing on the calendar for little Johnny or little Benny to do. And um, because of that, sometimes there's not the same degree of dedication or focus that goes into it. Mm -hmm. um, I think one of the things uh, reflecting a little bit on the last session that I ran with the futures, the U21 group, we we're doing a passing pattern uh, just really quickly as like an activation activity after our dynamic warm up before we moved into more game scenario based activities. And some guys were just sort of like bouncing passes a little bit or like the layoff wasn't to the correct foot or they didn't really like have movement in advance of the ball coming into their feet. Um, so part of my what I see is my job is is to help challenge these guys to get out of that like first gear get out of that that autopilot mode. And, and so I called them in and sort of gave them the business a little bit of like, you're here for development. That's why you've signed up for it. That's what you're giving up your Friday nights to do is to like become a better soccer player. So put in the intent 
and have intentful action and thought and performance to help yourself get better. It's not just like you're here to like pass the ball from A to B. It's here to like develop these techniques and these habits and these, um, these movement patterns that are going to be applicable during game scenarios. So then that becomes a little bit easier. Mm -hmm. Um, so I, I want to always try to find ways to push my players, to push them out of their comfort zone, to challenge them to be a little bit better while at the same time, recognizing when they've made improvements, when they've made growth and when they've even just put in an effort, even if it doesn't come out where there's improvement, that's immediately obvious. If a player tries and puts in the work, that's good enough for me because the rest of it will come at some point. But um, there needs to be that balance of like pushing a player, but then also reinforcing what they're doing well. I think that's an interesting point, I think. And that's something people might take for granted seeing being so used to guys who are, you know, a little higher level or, you know, are a little older, but like, some of these guys are also in the middle of hockey season or whatever. And so like they, you have to now at this point start to say, all right, man, if you're going to be here, if you're going to put in this effort, if you're going to try out and make this team, like this team has to have your full attention. That's kind of what you're saying there. A little bit. It's, it's like when you're here, give us the best that you can give us. And sure. if you can't give us your very, very best today because of whatever, um, and just last weekend, there was like a showcase and a couple of players were at training on Friday and they just played a game earlier in the day and a kid started cramping up partway through one of our activities. And it's like, it's okay if you physically are not at a point where you can perform at your top level. I would rather have you sit out a couple reps or sit out extra time to then be able to perform really well that one out of three times versus trying to go at like 60% three out of three times. Sure. So it's about being really mindful of how are you performing in this environment? How are you engaging in this environment? And then it's meeting players where they're at and trying to get an understanding and build up trust to allow them to say, hey coach, like I just had a lifting session at four o'clock after school and we maxed out and my quads are busted and like, I just need extra breaks today. Um, hopefully that doesn't happen too much, but at the same time, we want to try to give players what they need to develop. And if they need a little extra time from a periodization standpoint, then they can get a little extra time so then they can perform at their very best. I had that happen two weeks ago at the, at the U19 session where uh, uh, two players came off and they were like, oh, you know, like my, my, my legs are sore. You know, and I'm like, okay, you know, you can shut it down. And like, well, no, no, I want to go back out there. And I was like, you do realize you've made the team already, right? Like, you don't have to, you don't have to put yourself through this. Like, it, it we've been playing for, you know, 70 minutes. There's only 20 yeah. minutes left. Like, why do you feel the need to have to go out there and, and reprove yourself again? Like, we, we're literally just scrimmaging to, to, to try to apply what you've already done for 60 minutes. So, I, I, I totally hear you on that. There's... There's like a hunger and a grit thing though, too, that comes with it. Like you want players who are hungry for it, that want to do it, that mm -hmm. can push through that physical barrier. Um, it's just part of my, again, part of my job is being on staff and all of our, the entire staff and 
the different resources that we bring in from like trainers, et cetera. It's about making sure these guys are doing healthy things for themselves mm-hmm. in addition to getting better as soccer players. I didn't have the heart to tell the kid that he wasn't applying what we what we taught him in the first hour anyways. So <laughs> might as well take a take a quick breather. <laughs> Josh, what are you most excited about uh, when it comes to development? You know, what about development at this level, U19, U21, are you most fired up to contribute to? Yeah, I, th- I, I think it's um, it's helping guys through this, like, really important growth period in the terms of, like, being a soccer player. It's, um, you know, at the youth ranks from, like, you, let, let's just say, like, U6 through U13, it's just developing those fundamental basics from, like, U13 through U17. It's starting to develop, like, this tactical understanding mostly in lines and maybe how like two lines connect. Mm-hmm. And then at, at times, like some of the, the teams will get into some stuff that's a little bit more advanced and um, getting into this group. Now it's going to be a lot more of like, how do your individual skill sets and abilities tie into this bigger tactical picture where like the four lines goalkeeper to forward are connected and what role do you play in this like specific build-out pattern or this uh, middle third combination play that we're we're looking to to develop or this attacking third attacking pattern or this counterattack movement? So it's it's trying to help guys through the process of like you're this like this single point, the single data point. Like how do you tie into this bigger picture um like what what is your role how can you like play to your strengths and like Mm -hmm. really take advantage of your strengths it's as corny as it sounds like you think of like clifton strength finder 2.0 or whatever it's called now after like the numerous rebrands and the whole philosophy behind that um sort of developmental philosophy it's like find your top strengths figure out how to enhance those top strengths and then figure out how to imply those top strengths to the job that you're trying to do. Yeah. So a lot of ways it's, it's similar to like where these U19 and U21 players are. It's like, what are you really good at? Like, who are you as a soccer player? Like when a coach looks at you, are you the fast guy that can be, beat players out wide? Are you the goal scorer? Are you the lockdown defender? Are you the guy who's dominant aerially? So how can you take that, those couple skill sets that you are exceptional at, how can you apply them into your team setting to bring your team overall success? And then how does that like overall tie into the tactics? And I think that's a big thing for, for guys at this age, because you hear it from whether it's, you know, college coaches talking to, talking to clubs, like, you know, cause Mark Ewell brings them in or Nathan Klinek, he brings them in to talk to talk to their kids. Or you hear it from like guys like Jack McGinn on Men and Blazers. It's like you just have to understand what you do well, and be able to talk about it and perf- and do it and repeat it over and over again, right? Like a college college coach will want to know and understand like what it is you think you do well, and then make that your, you know, the your main argument for making any team. 
And I think that's such a skill that a lot of guys don't have because they're all out there trying to score the most goals or be the best, you know, be the best guy on the field. Yeah, it's a, it's a tricky thing because, like, you want to be as good as you can across the board. But at the same time, going back to my recruiting days at the college level, um, one of my mentors, Greg Olson, the head coach at McAllister College, one of the things that we talked about frequently when we talked through recruits was we tried to avoid guys who are tweeners, the guy who's like pretty good at a lot of things, but isn't particularly good at anything. Mm -hmm. Like you turn up to a pickup game and you're like, yeah, like that guy's pretty good, but you can't be like, yeah, that guy's really good because like he beats everyone in one V ones or that guy's really good because like you just cannot get past him or that guy's really good because he can score anywhere from 20 yards out. Um, so it is like, there is, value to like really developing a strength that you have as a player or a couple strengths that you have as a player so you have this like marquee element of your game that coaches can look to to be like you're the guy to solve this particular problem yeah hey so josh since we joined the upsl i'm sure you're aware um the team has competed as a level that is pretty unmatched across the other teams in our midwest west division uh now that we've also jumped into this lower UPSL division, how do the goals of the U19 team differ from those of the U21, given that we can't or maybe we won't field two teams at, at that top division level? Yeah, I, I again, I think it goes back to it's trying to look at what the true values of the club are and what we're ultimately like what problem we're trying to solve when as this club has been created and as this club continues forward. And to me, that problem that exists is like, there's a gap between youth soccer and adult soccer. And there's like this Brit, like Minneapolis city and some other clubs that are of similar ilk are trying to build this bridge between those two entities or those two experiences. And I think in a lot of ways, the U19s are going are gonna to have to really dial in to like, this is how we grow and develop and take on lessons to better ourselves as soccer players to prepare ourselves for that next level, whether that's U21 or USL2 or outside of Minneapolis City ecosphere, maybe it's, it's college soccer. Um, but at the same time, like... Minneapolis city wins. So yeah. we're going to, we're going to go out in the field and try to win games when we can win games. Like development is development, but winning is winning. And, and that's a development component too, for guys this age as well. There's a certain skill set of like just going out and being able to win a game, even if it's not the prettiest way to win, or you have to grind through it or you have to like slog through it by like just making a bajillion clearances and like kicking balls over the road and whatever else you need to do. <laughs> like there's an art to winning and that's a skill set in and of itself. Plus winning is fun. Winning is very fun. We love to win. Well, we're, uh, we're, we're almost uh, at the end of our time here. So last question for, for me, unless Nate has any other follow-ups. So you're sitting in what must've been like a multi-hour interview with the club's top brass for for the position that you ultimately uh ultimately won what was your answer to how you plan to tackle like first 90 days with the club and with the team and, and what your plans are uh in your opinion for the summer upsl u21 team 
Yeah, it 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 actually was a couple hours. I think uh, JJ scheduled it for like an hour, and it went for like nearly three. And then <laughs> adding adding on to that, I left my kids at home with with my wife by themselves. The dog was taking care of them. <laughs> and, and but I like I dropped my wallet in the parking lot. So then I got home, realized I lost my wallet, and had to like drive all the way back across town. I did oh, no. take the girls the second round and bought them like a cookie or a pastry or whatever it was. Uh, so the interview, like technically it was like three ish hours, but there's like another hour tacked on for it just for like wallet recovery. <laughs> um, but tackling that question, I, I think a lot of it is, and it, like, I'm old enough to know that I don't have all the answers and I'm never going to have all the answers. So first 90 days, it's, breaking it into like three different segments. It's like the first 30 days I want to come in and just figure out what's going on. Like what's the lay of the land? What's the landscape? How do things operate here? What's worked in the past? Where have different challenges popped up? What challenges are on the horizon with this new U19 entity? And how is that going to impact like the overall ecosystem of Minneapolis city? Um, 30 to 60 days, it's, where can I add value um, and like show that value on a day-to-day basis for this club? Like how can I add to the overall positivity and like continue to move things forward and and create progress? And then 60 to 90 days, which is still forthcoming. It's, it's really thinking about like, how do we transition? What is happening in the winter, which is an exceptionally good training environment and developmental environment and a competitive environment like how do we bring all that all those different pieces together like cultivate them wrap them up and then transition it into the summer roster build and the summer team development um so that's a really exciting component that i'm excited that that is going to be a neat challenge to take on um but i think the the long and short of it is it's my approach is just coming into the club and figuring out where things are at and where I can add value and, and how I can commit to the greater good. Well, we've already figured out we need to air tag your wallet. So you <laughs> no, the, I knew exactly where it was. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. We, uh, we always appreciate new faces that come in because we, we lose things all the time and uh, it's, it's good to, good to find out where those are when someone stumbles upon them and like hey look at this thing i found you're like i've been looking for that so mm-hmm. I'm, I'm i'm glad you're uh, you're willing to go on a fact-finding mission well josh we thank you so much for joining us uh we're super excited to have you so well, welcome to the murder uh officially unofficially i guess um and we're, we're really excited to hear that you like to win soccer games and that's what uh we've done in the upsl so we we hope that uh, you have many more uh in your newly found wallet yeah, I, I appreciate that, Nate. John, thanks for your time. Um, I also I realized that I didn't do this before, but like a huge shout out to to Adam Pribble, Matt Van Bon Scotchen. I'm sorry, Matt, and JJ uh, for everything <laughs> they do for the club and like for bringing me in and putting trust in me to help lead lead part of this futures program. Um, what's going on here at Minneapolis City is really really special. It's you get a glimpse of it when you're on the outside, but when you get into the inside of it, you realize 
how much is going on and how many like hard volunteer labor hours are going into it and how much thought and care and attention is going into it. Mm-hmm. And those three guys are like pillars of the community and pillars of the organization. And, and I appreciate uh, them bringing me on board and, and what they've done for the club. And I'd, I'd be remiss if I didn't call them out um, at least here at the last 30 seconds of the, the interview. <laughs> Yeah, that's all they get. They don't need any more than that. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Josh. Well, thanks so much. We look forward to uh, to, to seeing you uh, at training in a couple days here. Right on, guys. Well, thanks very much. I appreciate it. Uh, have a great rest of the, the night and rest of the podcast, and we'll catch you soon. All right. Thanks, Josh. Thank Talk you. Later. All right. Take care. Bye. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to this week's show, and thank you to our wonderful show sponsor, Football Stadium Prince. Dot com. Our friends over there at footballstadiumprints.com always expanding their soccer-focused t-shirt designs, their prints, and more. I just picked up the Jesus Saves goalkeeper oh, nice. shirt. Nice. Solid. I love it. Mindy is not a fan, but that's all right. I also got the – I finally got the Ibsen one, John, and then you're, you're next on my list. Oh, perfect. So don't forget, and this is what I did. I used the code CROWS10 and got 10% off uh, my total purchase. And all U.S. orders, they ship right from the States, so no pesky international shipping charges. As a reminder, Minneapolis City is a 501c3, so you can feel good about maybe that your membership doubles as a charitable donation to a club that does so good. Members for the 2020, Memberships for the 2024 season are on sale now. Make sure to submit your seat in the stands and get some sweet swag, all for a price that just destroys other clubs that may or may not have a functioning front office right now head to mplscitysc.com and get yours today if you're interested in getting a hold of john or i you can hit us up on twitter x at mplscitysc or us at the show at the people's pitch um, otherwise you can email us mcscpodcast at gmail.com and coming soon uh instagram and threads we'll let you know when that happens yeah that is buddy. all <laughs> we're threading that is all for this week uh i am nate that was josh roy and of course john bizworm we will be back with more in the coming weeks talking to more folks who are spending the off season getting the club ready to compete at all levels this summer and you got hooked. don't get covid <laughs> and you got covid yeah.